With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go AU Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hey, hey. And Steve, Zips of Akron. Season's over. That is a lot less cheerful than U Street's Hey Y'all. Um, so I'm going to ask you to work on that before the next time you have to, you know, back clean up in this, in this uh, format there, Steve. Well, we'll see what happens. All right, so, yeah, men's basketball team, chokerific uh, yet again. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to turn it over. Uh, Steve, you go first. Rant away, friend. Well, at the, very, at the very least, we can take solace in the fact that the Gophers are the highest, let's see, no, take that back. They're the only sub-500 team in the Ken Palm Top 50. So what's our so that's something. what's our Ken Palm luck what's our Ken Palm luck rating? Uh, three hundred forty five. So uh, and what's the full what's the full list of D one teams? There are three hundred fifty three Division one teams, and the Gophers, according to Ken Palm, are the three hundred forty fourth luckiest. Which, if you watched the game last night, you can probably see why. Um, although part of that wasn't luck; that was just ineptitude at yeah. the free throw line. But everyone side by side, they are. Almost the unluckiest team in the entire country, which I think is really, really funny and also horrifying. Yeah, and you know, as you noted, like that that'll get you through that'll explain a little bit of something. Like that maybe explains uh the DePaul game. Right. It it doesn't explain this nonsense. No, but uh yep, they uh they that was a deflating loss, basically sealed the season for, for the Gophers a seventeen point um, lead that they gave up, including a eight point lead in the final two minutes. Um, I would like to say that I saw it coming, but I was actually very optimistic at halftime. Like, wow, they look like they're competent and they're going to beat Maryland and maybe they're just going to pull this thing off. Um, but it was just another, uh, another second half fade. They've been doing that a lot lately. It's their third straight home loss, their third straight home loss that they've given up a very winnable game in the final minutes. And this appears to be that team's M.O. this year. And if I can quote The Big Lebowski, one of my favorite movies, we finally, or they killed the effing season. Finally. It's over. They've been struggling for a while. They've now dropped four of the last five. And the thing's been on life support for a while. They tried to revive it against Northwestern. But I think there's not much they can do short of winning the Big Ten tournament and getting the automatic conference bid to get into the NCAA tournament at this point. Andy, what you got, man? Are you angry, sad, resigned, apathetic?
Andy, are you on mute? We do not have Andy. Is he in the Skype right now? And six computer restarts later, we have Andy. Andy, just how are you feeling after that spectacular Minnesota loss? Yeah, you know, I think in in the short term, angry. I mean, that last night is a game that you can't lose if you want to pretend that you're an NCAA tournament team, which we're finding more and more that they definitely aren't. Um, you know, not not quite apathetic point um, because I still care. I care enough to be mad about last night, but it's just really frustrating watching this team down the stretch. You know, um, they've got three home games they've blown in the last two weeks that they should have won legitimately. Well, probably all three, but at least two out of the three. Um, you know, they're they're getting decent play from Oturu still, but it's it faltering down the stretch, whether it be, you know, missed free throws last night or the inability to break the press against Iowa or, um, you know, it, so, yeah, it's just, it's just frustrating. Um you know, it'll be interesting to see going forward what what Mark Coyle's plans are, what Richard Pitino's plans are, because, you know, it's it's fairly obvious now, unless the Gophers go on an epic run in the Big Ten tournament, that um, well, their their postseason dreams might be completely over if they don't if they don't hold serve here the last few games and get to above five hundred, they're not qualified for the NIT either. So, um, <laughs> it, it, I would I would love that they could be a top fifty Ken Palm team, but not be able to qualify for the NIT. Yeah, so um, you know it, it's going to be an interesting couple of couple of weeks here. I mean, you've got two road games that arguably you could win if you play well enough, but there's no guarantee you're going to do that. Um, and then, so I mean, it may it may come to the point that forget the NCAA tournament, they might need to win two games in the Big Ten tournament just to make the NIT tournament. That's not what we were hoping for. I mean, seriously, I, there was a period, I don't know, back when we beat Ohio State, that I don't know, it just felt like the team was probably going to the tournament. Like they were going to be bubbleicious the whole way, but I don't know, I just kind of felt like they'd make it. They'd back in probably lose the first game unless they got a really nice matchup as a high seed. And, you know, we'd move on with Patino into another season where if Oturo comes back, they could be pretty good. And if he goes to the NBA, they'll be complete hot, fiery garbage. Um, But now we're in a position where, uh, you know, certainly there's a lot of talk about whether we fire Patino. So coming right back to you, Andy, should the Gophers fire Richard Patino? I am of the theory that if Mark Coyle can identify his guy, because you know we were even talking about this about our Slack chat that he's been pretty pretty good so far, and when he has to find a new coach, going out and getting somebody he wants, and they've been relatively successful. PJ Fleck, um, you know Bob Motzko got off to a bit of a slow start, but all of a sudden now the teams are, are running. Um, you know, uh, Jamie Traxel with the softball team has been a good hire. So if Mark Coyle can identify the guy he wants and can lure him to Minnesota, I think you got to think about making a change. You got to let the AD get his own guy and do things that he wants with his own, his own people. Um, now I don't think we make a change just to make a change. If Coyle has his top two guys and they're not going to come to Minnesota, or they're not interested, then 
I don't think you try and force something that might end up being worse two years down the line than you have now. Um, but if, if Coyle figures out who he wants and can get him, I think you do it. So basically what I'm hearing from you is don't pull a Teague where he seems so intent on moving on from Tubby Smith at the expense of all else that when he didn't really for sure have, well, I think Shaka was, was one of the swings and misses that, that, that go around. When you didn't have exactly who he was looking for lined up, you end up going, you know, six guys in. Uh, not that many because some of that was just, you know, stupid Twin Cities media. But you go multiple guys in and you end up, you know, with Richard Patino, who was not a overwhelming hire at the time um, and has proven to be a mixed bag uh, amazing Twitter game. I'll be sad to lose him on the Twitters if he moves on. But uh, Steve, I mean, are you with Andy on this, or are you uh, I keep keep Patino for another year, or fire him? Like, what do you what? Where are you coming down? I mean, uh, I've I've been torn for a while. I mean, this is it's frustrating because over his tenure, you've seen some peaks when he has all his pieces together, and much like Tubby Smith. He hasn't been playing with it with a full deck the entire time either. So I'm sympathetic to that. I'm sympathetic to the idea that if he doesn't get, um, if we all don't get surprised that Amir Coffey has such a great season that he goes pro, that this is probably an Elite Eight type team, which doesn't count for nothing. Um, did we expect Daniel Tiru to have such a gigantic leap this year? No. He Clearly guys are getting coached up. Yes, there's a, a couple of guys that are uh, plateaued, but... You can't argue with some of the results and him sending some guys to the NBA. Um, it's a it's a it's a tough one. He's got the ammo this year to clearly to win some games. I mean, this is you, you don't win seven games in this conference by accident. You don't sweep Ohio State and beat Michigan and a Penn State team this year by accident or Wisconsin. Um, but it's also really frustrating to see another putrid February um, where they're just throwing away the season. Um, I just ran some quick numbers, and granted, this this includes the Reggie Lynch horrifying season where the, basically the player the season just fell apart. But this is now th- the third year in a row where February has been complete tire fire. They're four and sixteen in February the last three years, and that's just not going to cut it. But again, I'm also sympathetic to him not playing with a full deck. Um, I'm of the mind right now. After after twenty four hours or twenty four hours later after the the Maryland loss, where I was like, boy, this is probably the end. Um, if you and, I, and maybe these things won't happen consecutively, but if he is able to coach a team next year with another year of Daniel Oturu, another year of growth for Marcus Carr, some more you know more minutes for Trey Williams and Gabe Callister in the supporting cast. I mean, this, you're looking at a pretty good team next year. Um, regardless, uh, Oturu goes to the NBA. Yeah, we're talking about a much different squad. But I almost feel like you owe it to the guy to run out another squad of his own players to see if he can get it done, especially if you're on the fence. Um, you're on the bubble, the wrong side of the bubble, but you're still in the bubble nonetheless. This wasn't like a terrible season. Um, starting over from scratch is very difficult. It takes a long time. We're now seven years in um, to the Patino era. And like Andy said, if you have your guy that you're going to bring in, great. If you have a plan, great. If we're just going to toss him to the side and hope for the best, I don't agree with that either. Um, I don't think we're in a position where 
you were automatically saying, yes, we need to have a coaching change necessarily. Um, I think there's, uh, there's, um, an argument to me, to me, to me, made on both sides, but I, I definitely do agree with, Andy, do agree with Andy. Um, if you've got a guy in your mind, if Coyle's got a guy that he wants to bring in, let's do it. If we're just going for status quo, um, I don't think that's the end of the world either. If you if you were Coil and we're saying you got to have a top two, that if you landed either of the top two, it's an automatic pull the trigger, let Richard go. Do you have a top two like that? You know, I don't uh, have as good of a pulse on open coaches or guys who would be promoted or even have their contracts available that way. Um, I don't even know if a, a beeline type is interested in coming to a Minnesota. I can't imagine. I, I would imagine it's on his radar coming back to the Big Ten. Um, a beeline type hire is something that would raise my eyebrows enough to be like, yeah, let's get let's get him in. Um, I don't think you go with the mid-major coach looking for his next shot because that's what we just went through, um, especially if you're with a Patino who's, you know, he's had some good seasons and he's done a good job when he has a full deck. Um, I don't think that's something that we need to that we should be shying away from or pretending like they didn't, they didn't happen because well, keep in mind again there are a couple seasons there where he had some pretty awful extenuating circumstances that derailed some very very promising seasons with really really good players. Um, I don't think we can we we also should we shouldn't be punishing Richard Pitino for developing his players into NBA talent either. I don't think that's fair. But 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 the one thing you're forgetting. You know, if we're talking about hiring the next mid-major riser, Craig Smith, the coach of Utah State, he's one of us. <laughs> he's one of us. He's he was born and raised in in Stephen, way out in West Central Minnesota. Went to North Dakota, so you know, you you got to take it into consideration, right? 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 God, one of us. All right, so you've got your one of us pick, Andy. Who would your other? No, I'm seriously. Same question. If you had two guys, two two sure shots in your in your uh, thought process as a as an AD, who would you pick? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's tough. I also haven't done the deep dive. I mean, if you if you can get a so coach, basically beeline beeline for be, sure be, beeline. If you can get a coaches, but you know, and, and I don't know whether it's overblown or what, but I did see somebody argue that. You know, even for the whole controversy of why he's left Cleveland with the whole thing where he said thugs but didn't say thugs and, and anything like that, you know, somebody thought, well, that might now hurt recruiting college players, and I have no idea whether that is or isn't, but it's, it's something that I'm sure whoever hires him is actually going to have to, you know, talk about, which is something that doesn't seem possible 18 months ago. Um you know, I guess the, the 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 other name that just automatically jumps out would be would be Anthony Grant for what he's done with Dayton. I mean, the fact that Dayton has been a top five team all year. Um, problem is, is he's a Dayton alum, I believe. So good luck prying him away there. Um, and and you know, it's it's as as Steve was talking earlier, it's always dangerous to go for the the really hot, holy crap, all of a sudden, wow, that was a great year type because you have no idea if it was a flash in the pan year if it actually can be projected year after year. So um, I guess my short answer is I don't necessarily have a top two names, but I hope Mark Coyle does, and I'm pretty sure he's looking into whatever possibilities he may want to look into here uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. One word answer time. Do the Gophers find a way to bubble their way into the NCAA tournament? Andy. No. Steve. No. And I say that because I don't think the 
I don't think mathematically they can make it happen. Um, just with three games left, one of those against Nebraska. Um, I And with a few bubble teams winning yesterday, I believe, um, that pushed them further down. Because um, keep in mind, if they do finish out the season th- on the three-game winning streak, they are going to finish 10-10, and 10, which if you would have asked me in early mid-January if 10-10 and 10 was going to get them in, into the tournament, I probably would have said yes. Um, but now with this late-season swoon and just looking like they don't have it together, um, I don't even think finishing the season on a three-game winning streak would, would do it for them. It was my understanding that there would be no math. That was like 212 words. What can I say? Brevity is the essence of wit. <laughs> okay, uh, well, let's go to hockey, because hockey, uh, as Andy alluded to with his Motsko comment earlier, has been on really kind of a pretty huge tear. Um, so, Andy, let's let's do a quick recap of Penn State and just kind of how it sets up the rest of the season for the Gophers. Yeah, we're trading one bubble team in for another bubble team. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. La- last week, as you said, uh, the-, the Gopher hockey team has had an outstanding second half of the season. Um, unfortunately, that sort of ended against what apparently is their nemesis uh, at the moment, Penn State. Um, the Gophers went into uh, unhappy Valley. Um, and they, they did force overtime on Friday night, picked up the one conference point, uh, which was big, but Penn State would get the extra point in double OT. And then on Saturday, unfortunately, the Gophers blew a uh, 2-1 third period lead. Penn State scored two goals in 31 seconds and would go on to win 3-2. to So the Nittany Lions took five points from the Gophers uh, last weekend, which sent Minnesota from basically controlling its own destiny to it can still kind of control its own destiny in the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, but it probably needs a little bit of help to uh, to make sure that things go smoothly. All right, talk to me about uh, what that means. All right, so basically Penn State has a four-point lead in the Big Ten standings on Minnesota and Ohio State. Uh, Penn State is done. They finished their regular season last weekend against the Gophers, so they are idle. So what Minnesota and Ohio State needs to do is they need to record at least five points this weekend because Penn State holds the tiebreaker at least against Minnesota, and I think they may against Ohio State as well. Um, So that means with the Gophers hosting Michigan for the final series of the regular season this weekend, it's going to take at absolute bare minimum, uh, if they want to win the conference, it's going to take a win and a... OT or shootout win. Um, Obviously, at that point, it'd be better just to get a sweep of the Wolverines. Basically, the scenarios are this. You know, with Penn State up four, if if the Gophers want to win the Big Ten, they'd have to earn five points or more, and they have to earn at least one point more than Ohio State, because Ohio State holds the tiebreakers against the Gophers, which is regulation Big Ten wins. Ohio State is hosting Wisconsin this weekend. So, yes, the Gophers have to root for the Badgers to try and help them out again after helping them a couple weeks ago against Penn State. Um, You know, if they want to finish in second, uh, basically the only way the Gophers can really finish in second, uh, I guess they could finish in second to Penn State. Ohio State stinks up the weekend. But the Buckeyes, more, more likely the Gophers and Buckeyes end up with the same amount of points. Ohio State finishes first, gets the tiebreaker. The Gophers finish in second. Um, and it goes down from there. I'm going to write this all in a, in a post that will be on the blog on, on Friday. But basically, 
Minnesota needs to come out against Michigan this weekend and at bare minimum take five points from the Wolverines if they want to have any chance to win the Big Ten. Um, if they want to make sure they lock in at least home ice for the first round, they probably need to get at least four points on the weekend. So you know we they ha- they have to take a they have to take you know at least one win and uh, and some additional points obviously for anything good to you know to feel really good coming out of this weekend or even kind of good coming out of this weekend. How likely is that against Michigan? You know, it, it honestly will depend on the Gophers' play. Uh, Minnesota won and tied against Michigan in Ann Arbor earlier in the year when Minnesota wasn't playing very well. Um, and, and the Gophers have played well at home. Um, the Wolverines are coming off of a series where they uh, stunk up the place, to be perfectly honest. They got swept by Notre Dame at home on their senior weekend. Uh, so it's going to be a pissed-off Wolverine team because Michigan is also coming in realizing that they need to take some points off the weekend or there's a very good chance they're going to be starting on the road in the Big Ten tournament next weekend. Um, so it will be an all-out dogfight between these two teams. Uh, the key is going to be goaltending for the Gophers. Jack LaFontaine was pretty good last weekend against Penn State. Um, you know, the Gophers struggled a little bit to score, but that's not surprising Penn State's offense sort of hogs the puck so much that it's tough to do. But um, they're, they're going to have to come out, put the puck in the net, and, and keep the Wolverines off the board. Um, like I said, it's, it's going to be, there's basically five teams fighting for legitimately five spots in the conference this weekend. With Penn State idle, Michigan State plays Notre Dame, and the Gophers obviously play uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is the only team that's guaranteed to finish in last, so they're just trying to be a spoiler for the Buckeyes. Uh, Any of the other six teams, five teams in interaction in Penn State, could finish anywhere from one through sixth place this weekend, depending upon what happens. So, um, you know, the Gophers got to show up, and they got to try and and get at least, uh, you know, worst-case scenario, try and get a, a home best of three series in the Big Ten first round next weekend. Um, the other thing playing of this, as we said, you know, sitting on the NCAA tournament bubble, the Gophers currently, if you take all the tiebreakers in place, are sitting at number 14 in the pairwise rankings. If the tournament were held right now, the Gophers would be in. Um, all the, all the conference teams, there's only one conference team that's, uh, would be conference winner, auto bid winner that would be out of the top 16. So as of right now, the Gophers would be in the NCAA tournament if it was being held today. But... A loss can set them back, or you know you got to worry about. Even if you come into the tournament bubble at sitting at fourteen, you're praying for no upsets in the conference tournament because, as Minnesota knows very well, they were sitting at twelve two years ago and didn't get in. So um, you're you're hoping that if the Gophers can can inch the way up the bubble, you're you're just hoping for chalk across the board come the conference tournaments here in the next couple of weeks. All right, turning our attention to the women quickly, I believe you have some negative emotions to share about uh, the UMD Bulldogs. Yeah, if anybody uh, was following our Twitter feed last Sunday, um, so the Gophers went into the final weekend of the regular season playing Mankato State, who they literally have not lost to since 2010. Um, they did not again last weekend, picking up an easy sweep. Uh, Wisconsin finished the regular season at 
Minnesota Duluth. And they had a three-point lead heading into the weekend, meaning that if there was a three-point differential, the Gophers and Badgers would tie for the WCHA regular season title. So Minnesota would get a chance to hang a banner. The Buckeyes picked up the win in the first game. or The Badgers excuse me, picked up a win, guaranteeing a clinch. Um, so all they had to do is get one point on Sunday. Well, UMD decided to play the period of their lives for about 18 and a half minutes and scored three goals in the third period to take a 5-3 lead on Wisconsin with a minute and a half left in the game. Before Maddie Rooney, on the two-year anniversary of her shutting the Canadians down in a shootout to win the gold medal for the U.S. women's hockey team, gave up two goals to the Badgers in regulation in the last 90 seconds, and then another goal in the two-on-two overtime to allow Wisconsin gain two points, win the WCHA outright, and lose Minnesota a banner. So, yeah, little annoyed at UMD for uh, not allowing Minnesota to be able to hang at least one banner next fall. Uh, what's, uh, how do things look for the Gophers in the WCHA tournament? So the women are locked into the number two seed. Uh, they were no matter what happened, unless they had won the conference outright last weekend. They will host St. Cloud State this weekend in a best of three. It uh, should not be too much trouble for Minnesota. Uh, I think, as I said, the Gophers hadn't lost to Mankato since 2010. I think Minnesota's lost to St. Cloud once since 2010. So um, it should be a pretty easy weekend for Minnesota. Um, they most likely then will face the uh, number three seed, in the WCHA semifinals a week from now, which is Ohio State, which is the team other than Wisconsin that has really been a thorn in the side of the Gophers. Um, And this is where things will get interesting. We can talk about this a week or two from now, but um, Minnesota may be playing that game to try and make sure they get a more favorable opponent. Otherwise, they may be seeing Ohio State come back to Ritter uh, for a potential uh, NCAA quarterfinal game. And I think... Literally, other than Wisconsin, which the seeding won't work out, they'll work that way. Ohio State is the least popular team if you pulled anybody in that locker room that the Gophers would love to see in a one-and-done game because, for whatever reason, the Buckeyes have their numbers. So uh, hopefully the Gophers can take care of business, and uh, we'll be talking more about probably a semifinal matchup against Ohio State next week. I pondered asking you what would happen in any of the men's basketball games this week to end on a more footballish. Uh, you know, preview prediction thing, but um, we're not going to do that. I, I've decided. Uh, okay, well, we're going to find out pretty soon, probably, if we're getting a new head basketball coach. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, but in the meantime, go Gophers. Sky Yuma, row the boat. Oh,